today on Laura Lynn and Friends. You could be the world's best janitor. It could be the TV host that you are. It could be an author or a speaker or a coach like I am. It doesn't matter what it is, but you are divinely created. So when you lean into that, this is energizing and this really makes a difference. Well, hello and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson and I hope that you are loving life in spite of the mess. And we're going to talk to you later in the show after we have our awesome guest on about these lab leaks that are going on and a little bit more on this censorship bill that threatens to put me in jail for a very long time. In fact, the rest of my life, apparently, if I'm a hateful person, which I do not think I am a hateful person, but it kind of depends who thinks you're hateful. You know, if they think that you're hateful because of some of your views, then who gets to make the decision about what you should or shouldn't be saying? And if people don't like your belief system and if they don't like your principles or what you, you or where you get your value system from, are they going to be able to determine if you get hefty fines in Canada or put in jail? Some people think that we're turning into uh, South uh, North Korea around these parts, you know, maybe Syria, in fact. So we always start by reading from my dad's Bible, and I went to Jeremiah 1.5 today because we're going to be talking about um, our personalities today, and this is a fascinating, you are going to love, you are going to love this show. It's not all about the globalists, and it's not about all the elites trying to destroy us and any depopulation measures that are going on. Today we're just going to talk about who we are and how we get the best life right in the middle of this holy mess, you know? And uh, so I went to Jeremiah 1.5 just to see if my dad had highlighted because the Bible says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God was speaking to Jeremiah about how, um, you know, how God predestined who he was, what his personality was. He equipped him to, to fulfill the call and the destiny that was within him. But my dad didn't underline that. So I'm going to read another one to you. So over in Jeremiah 2, well, what should I do? Oh, my goodness. There's like a lot of choices. But um, I am gonna, I'm just going to read to you from Jeremiah 2, which on this page he has un underlined. And it's 11 and 12. It says, has a nation changed their gods? which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. And if that doesn't sum up Canada, I mean, we are supposed to be founded under the sovereignty of God. We literally have that written into our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, um, into different places, this, this innate ability to believe that there is a God who governs our nation, and yet our leaders seem to have determined a lot of other things, a lot of other beliefs, ideologies, all kinds of things that they now have set up as Asherah poles, I would call them, as the, you know, the idols that we must bow to, or what? What happens? Well, potentially we go to jail for a long time. So we're looking into that. We're going to try to protect ourselves. Um, I'm not sure what to do. I might have to just simply become an AI person here. And, oh, the cable's sticking out. Oh, there. Good catch, JT. Oh, all right. I'll try to find a way. All right. Never mind. I'll, I'll work on it later. Um, so we have an incredible guest. I want to share... Uh, with you briefly before he comes on that um, you all know that I was down in Nashville and I, I want to tell you just something in one minute flat. 
I had the most heinous time getting home. And there was <laughs> problem after problem after problem. And I literally spent two nights in different cities um, due to the multitude of plane issues. And here's the thing. I actually met a guy. I think he might be an angel. He didn't have a phone. If that doesn't tell you, all right, that he's communicating on a different plane. But I, at one point, I was so upset about my my plane that, that I'd missed that I wanted to fall to the ground in a fetal position and just lose it. And right when I couldn't take any more, this nice guy walks up and he says, real quiet, what you need to do is you need to go over to that gate attendant over there and you need to get rerouted through San Francisco. And from San Francisco, you'll go to Vancouver. And he says, uh, that's the, that's the, um, that's the flight that I've booked. And if you just head over there, I'll show you which guy to go and talk to. And I just went, okay. So I go over there. I kind of wait in a lineup and he's kind of guiding, you know, talks a little bit more to me. And uh, then, you know, I get up there and the gate attendant was so wonderful. And he knew I'd been through a rough time. And so he actually said to me, you know what? I think you should reroute through Denver not this other one, because I think that you'll have a better chance of making your flight. So then the guy was maybe going to do that. Afterwards, you know, I booked my flight. Then I went and sat down. I said, are you an angel? And he laughed. He said, oh, no. And, um, and he didn't have a phone. I'm like, hmm, that is interesting. Because usually once I meet people, I go, listen, you should watch my podcast. And all the way along, every time I get in a plane, my, my, my suitcases, they're too heavy to lift up into the flight. So I need to pray that God will provide a, a strong man. Everywhere I go, there's all of these strong men just sitting there and they are so willing. They help me to get, I mean, that's the difference between men and women, quite frankly, is like, I got no muscles. I can't lift a 35 pound bag, you know, or whatever my bag is, it's just like so heavy. And I was bringing home an eight, oh, I don't have this uh, new eight pound Bible. It's Hebrew and English all in one. It's so beautiful. Someone gave it to me. So in any case, um, I'm back and I just want you to know that what I figured out in the last two days is that nothing is by accident. Nothing is random. Whether you make a mistake or life hands you a raw deal, the Lord God and his angelic forces and his, his oversight over your life is always there. It was amazing. And by last night, I got to stay on the airline's ticket, their, their bill, I got to stay at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel in Denver. It's a $350 a night hotel for free. US. US, US, covered, taken care of. All the while, I'm freaking out, feeling like, you know, God's forgotten me. Nothing's going right. Why do I have no favor? And there it is, you know. All right. So I'm going to let, I'm going to let all of that go. And I'm also going to tell you that, that what we're about to talk about is one of my most favorite topics because um, I have struggled with like who I am, um, my different way of uh, operating and different way of being. And because of that, I've been critical of myself, like, you know, that I'm an odd duck. I just, you know, and, and I'm too combative. You know, I've been angry at myself. Like I, 
you know, if I see an injustice, I'm the first one going, well, that doesn't seem right. And, you know, you know, what's the what's the truth on this issue? Well, it's gotten me into tons of trouble. It's lost me jobs, all kinds of stuff. Because I, I feel that there's this righteous component that we have to pursue. I've also been a risk taker and I've taken risks and I've gotten in trouble because of that. And so I've struggled with who I am and why I am the way I am. And right before I bring on Dr. Ken Keyes, I will tell you this. Just about 12 days ago, I was having that same struggle with myself because some, something was going on. And, you know, a little bit of conflict that had come up in my life. And I was really berating myself. Like, something's wrong with me. Like, I, I just, I make things more difficult. I'm too... You know, my, my best friend, uh, she passed away a few years ago, but she said to me, you're like a pit bull and you just won't let it go. You're just like a pit bull. But she said it in a nice way to me. But, and th- so I was, you know, sort of putting myself down and I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like there was a, a voice, but it wasn't audible, but it was real. And it said, I made you exactly the way you are for the purposes that I have called you to. I made you exactly for who you should be. And I just went like out loud at night. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me know that because I don't know how to figure out myself sometimes. Well, if you want to know how to figure yourself out, this is what you need. You need to get to know who Dr. Ken Keyes is. So let me tell you just a bit about him. Uh, Dr. Ken Keyes is an expert on leadership, purpose, wellness, and the foremost global authority, wow, foremost global authority on personality and behavioral assessments that increase and multiply your success rate. Ken has co-created CRG's proprietary development models and written over 4 million words of content for 40 business training programs, including several online courses. He's an expert on assisting individuals, families, teams, and organizations to realize their full potential and to live on purpose. Dr. Ken Keyes, welcome to the show. Thank you for waiting in the background there uh, as I got through my, my crazy stories. How are you doing? I would expect nothing less, uh, Laura Lynn, on your right. stories because we've known each other for a while. So <laughs> you were entertaining me. It was awesome. It was good, great. Good. What I appreciate is that many, many years ago, I went through your course um, and I found it extremely life changing. It was so incredible. And I remember uh, the gentleman, a gentleman that I went through it with, and he was, uh, he had, he was, I don't, Middle Eastern or something like that. But I've never forgotten him. And we texted each other for several years. And we'd always say, why are you here? Remember that question that we ask ourselves in depth? Why are you here? And we would, I would be, you know, off somewhere and he would, he would text me, why are you here? And I would tell him why I'm here. And then he'd tell me why, you know, why he's here. But you have made a life out of basically studying human beings, our personalities, and how that affects and informs what we end up doing and who we are. Absolutely. Now, I didn't start out that way. I think a little story is beneficial for uh, people. I actually grew up on a dairy farm. <laughs> it was, and, and um, you know, I got up one morning. I actually I started on the dairy farm with my dad after coming back from college. It was uh, not a good thing because, again, personality and different dynamics and characters. I values, I actually left the farm and went on my own and then had my own farm. And I woke up one morning 
and I was looking up and the sun's coming up. It's 530 in the morning. It says, is it okay for me to be here uh, for the next 20 years? And I said, absolutely not. And that began, began my journey in the late 80s of moving into this area of helping others to realize their full potential. Now, even I went on this journey of clarity of saying, and I agree with you, you stole my thunder, Laurelyn, is that everybody is, has been perfectly created for the assignments that he has for us. The problem is the majority of the world doesn't know what those assignments are. They don't know who they are. So 80 to 90% of people dislike what they do from mildly irritated to loathe, and that's a global number. 75% uh, of people don't know what their personality is, which is this hard wiring. We'll get into that and how I conduct myself. And you were talking about your uniqueness. And so you have this pit bull. Well, that's great. You need your pit bull for what you do. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't be able to have the career or this direction that you've been prepared to deliver. So I started in, I came out of sales into sales training in 1989, got connected to this company that's now been around for 45 years. And, and been on this journey for 35 years of leaning in and developing all this content. Now, in addition to that, and you, I mean, a lot of people that are listening or watching, yeah, I grew up in high school and my grade nine teacher said I'd not, never amount to anything. And the reason being is that I couldn't read or write. Well, it discovered when I was doing my master's degree that I am uh, mildly dyslexic. And then of course the invention of the computer I know I look very young, but the invention of the computer was helping me to write with these little red lines. And so that's what uh, really precipitated this large volume of content and authorship. I never, even in my 20s, you know, as you were talking, Laura Lynn, off camera, it was 33 before you figured out what you wanted to do, is that even in my 20s, no way you would have convinced me that I would be an author. Like I knew I was supposed to be a speaker because I was doing that even at 16 and communicating and encouraging other people, but to be an, an author and I have several books and all these assessments, no way. So each of us, I think we're responsible. You know, this is where even as a believer is that if we're perfectly created for what we're doing and we're crying out to say, how come this is happening? Well, hang on, stop. You know, why am I here? And who am I? And who you were talking about, by the way, is Dr. Mitch Jabidi, who we co-authored, we became brothers. We co-authored the book, Deliberate Leadership together after that, and, and you know, I connect with him, you know, almost daily now. And that book is now being used as a baseline for law enforcement training in the U.S., which he is now one of the number one authorities on. So that that relationship continued, and that's why your connection with Mitch, because he had the same faith wow. base that both of us do. So that was really the journey, and just leaning in my purpose in life. And I, by the way, I hired a coach in uh, 1989. His name was Mike. And he helped me to get clear, to go on this journey, to do the work. You know, why are so many people confused? And even after 2020, what happened is people all of a sudden, they were trying to get their, their purpose out of things, out of stuff, out of other kind of activities and filling myself with activities versus my personhood in that I am divinely created to make a difference in people's lives. Well, if you could be the world's best janitor, it could be the TV host that you are, it could be an author or a speaker or a coach like I am. It doesn't matter what it is, but you are divinely created. So when you lean into that, this is energizing and this really makes a difference. So I had Mike help me sort of clarify to get to my purpose, which is to help others to live, lead and work on purpose. Wow. Um, and and that, that is the gift, actually, that I felt that I had, you know, when 
when I left your program, I felt that I really did understand a lot more about myself. I was uh, able to see, and and actually you gave me some some insight into some of the quirks that, uh, you know, that I actually had. I, I saw things about myself that I hadn't seen before. So I really love your uh, the entire program that you have. And I know people would be very interested in that program for themselves. Well, when you think about personality, so that's the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? So we're very complex individuals. We're not just, you know, w- when we say personality, we're talking about personal style in our model. And so we have this uh, part of our, who we are, our personhood that is at there at birth. So imagine, Laura Lynn, that tomorrow you're like me and I'm like you. So there is a there's a consistency. There's a part of ours of who we are that's biologically hardwired at birth. So people say, are we nature? Or are we nurture? The right answers are actually both. So personal style is critically important. There was a study done by Talent Smart said what percentage of people will realize their full potential without the knowledge of their personal style, and it's two percent because personal style is this biology that's driving my preferences, what I like to do, what I don't like to do. And if I don't know what it is, I'm unconscious. I don't have intention in choosing the right directions or relationships. Now, here's the other side. All of us have a personal style. It's not right, it's not wrong, it just is. So Laura Lynn, yours is this outgoing, engaging, tenacious self. You remember the old saying, Laura Lynn, where parents would say kids are to be seen, not Heard. What's that about? So you and I are in the corner. We're saying, hey, get out of here. But we were destined to be communicators. So uh, that is discriminatory. So there's uh, two pieces in here. When I bought the company, I've been connected to the company since the late 80s. But when I bought the company 22 years ago is uh, fully is I a lot of times people take these personality things to figure out other people. But that's really not what occurred when I started to rewrite all the tools. I was almost what your story was before we came on air together is that doing personal style or understanding who you are is for your own self-validation, not from a self-centered point of view, but from a self-honoring point of view, from a self-awareness point of view. We have three words we use or three concepts, self-awareness that leads to self-management that leads to self-mastery. So every personal style has its own positives and negatives. So Laura Lynn, when we were talking and having coffee, we were talking about, okay, so you're outgoing, you're vivacious, you have this energy, but we also need to know when to shut up and, and be quiet, right? If we can, we can dominate a conversation and those people who are less like us then won't be contributing. So every dimension or every uh, personal style, and we have 21 different patterns that is in our tool. Our tool, by the way, and this is uh, very humbling, but I believe it was sort of divinely created. Our tool is now the number one traded, uh, number one rated tool in the world by participants. So all these other personality assessments and tools that are out there, when people complete ours, they understand how we honor people and the diversity and the complexity that they have, that this is one component. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you or trap you. And then you have all these other factors like wellness or self-worth, your belief system. I mean, people of faith or not of faith are going to conduct themselves differently, even though we might have the same personality. My value system, uh, my background, how you're, you were reading from your dad's Bible, how, how I was nurtured from my family of origin, all of these things, my geography, my culture. 
you know, if I'm Japan, if I'm in Iraq, if I'm in LA, if I'm in Nashville, if I'm in Vancouver, I'm going to maybe act differently because of the social economical place that I'm in. So all of those factors contribute to my personhood, but personal style is one of the foundational pieces that I need to know. So think about it, parents. You have two kids, same parents. Are those two kids the same or are they different? Most of the cases, they're different. Why are they different? Because they're biologically hardwired differently. So then we talk about in leadership, why don't you lead the way that I follow? If I want to conduct and have all the people around me like me, that's not going to be very successful. And yet at the same times, you know, when we think about marriage, because <laughs> our tool's been used by many couples, and in fact, I'll recommend a couple to you off air to have on your show that does this work. And every single couple goes through our assessment as part of their process is a lot of times we marry opposites. So what attracted to us to the other person, then all of a sudden that's the number one irritant once we get into the relationship. So when we think about personal style, knowledge of personal style is step number one. Number two is, can I be in charge of it? So if I am getting upset, if I'm getting offended, and you know, biblically, we're not supposed to be offended. I'm not saying what a person did is okay, it's right, that it's even permissible. But if I'm offended, that is my issue. If you remember Dr. Gottman's work out of Seattle in, in relationships, he proved that once I go over 100 beats per minute, non-athletic, I am no longer rational. Then I'm going to say and do things that I'm going to regret. So I need to be in charge of self. Now, the Holy Spirit can help us to do that but also knowledge and say, what are the things that take me out or irritate me or frustrate me? All our frustration, everybody listening and watching, all your frustrations you've ever had has been a personal choice. So what do you mean? No, no, no. Well, yes, I can be upset over what the government's doing and these, you know, these bills that are coming out and the conduct of that, that's not acceptable. However, at the same time, if I get upset, we've seen this happen, let's say at a grocery store, where a four-year-old takes out a, a parent and the parent says, you keep acting like that, I'll leave you here. Well the four-year-old already knows what your hot buttons are. You're not going to leave the four-year-old there, but you're now saying things that are not congruent or not true. So when I got involved with this, I just found this transformational. It was interesting. And I don't always, this is not about gloating. This is just something about when people, when God creates this passion in you, I've created over a, or, or conducted over a thousand workshops using the personal style indicator call, you know, and based on the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? I still love it. I love it more than I ever have. And so when, when God calls us into these passions and purposes, it's not that it's going to be easy. You've had moments of trial and tribulations, and, and he even talks about that in James, but it's not from him. It's from the enemy, but he's there with us. And so we say, okay, we have these things that are pushing back. You need this purpose, this passion, this uh, connection to your purpose so that you can have the resilience to get through to the other side. You mean it says patience and perfect work, right? So I'm a little dyslexic. So if I mix some words up, don't worry about it. So, so as part of this process, this is freeing for people. And it's saying, now I have this self-validation of, you know, I'm okay in who I am. And you know what the enemy would like? The enemy would like us to say, you know, you're not okay, Ken. You're not okay, Laura Lynn. You're not okay, Sarah. You're not okay, JT, whatever. So rather than that, could I lean in and say that I'm okay in how he created me? I'm perfectly created for the assignments that I want. And personal style is one of those components. Wow. I absolutely love it. So, so do you think that certain personalities um, are more linked to uh, certain career choices? 
Um, like for instance, accountants, they're horrible people. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's my joke for many years. Okay. Uh, but accountants, like I, over my lifetime, when I've had to deal with them, they're very black and white. It's all about the data and the numbers. And you know, they can be a little bit like rule followers to the max. Right. And, um, and so, so as those types of personalities seem to find a certain kind of job. Well, uh, it's interesting. We don't say careers, but we say jobs. So a lot of times I think actually using personality to determine a career is discriminatory. However, mm -hmm. personal style or personality for a job, yes. I remember having somebody in our training program that you attended, Laura Lynn, who yeah. was really like you. And mm -hmm. he was the CFO of a billion dollar fund. And so he wasn't analytical or detailed oriented or you're referring to sort of the anal retentive side of this analytical yeah. side. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he wasn't that he was, he was the guy looking for the deal. He was the guy looking at putting the deals together and he had the actuaries behind him. So you can't, because here's the thing, most personality does not determine your purpose. It, it, and it doesn't determine your interests, gifts, and talents. It only determines your preferences and how you want to conduct yourself and how your being. So I can have all kinds of people in law enforcement have different beings. Uh, Mitch has proven that through deliberate leadership and the work he's done in the National Sheriff's Association. You can have people in the media that are different. They conduct themselves differently, but there is a propensity. If I have a job or a role that requires detailed orientation, which is something like accounting and I'm doing auditing, great. But maybe I am the consultant at KPMG who is now doing a business review, I might not be exactly like that person. So every there's four different dimensions that we talk about, affective expressive, which is really sort of part of who you are, Laura Lynn, but we're all blends of all four. Anybody that says you're one of these animals, I don't like the cute animals because it doesn't really respect the complexity that we have behind us. So affective expressive, behavioral action, cognitive analysis, and interpersonal harmony. All of us have all blends of all four at different intensities and how these blends combine, which creates our 21 patterns that we have. That is how you show up. And interesting, you will have some that were uh, opposite each other. Some are introverted, some are extroverted, some are outgoing, some are not, some are people, some are tasked, and you're a blend of both. Well, that's great. That's the beauty of having these kind of complex combinations because now I have this diversity or this flexibility to lean into sophisticated or different kinds of roles. Wow. I love that. So yeah, I'm, I'm remembering because it was a lot of years ago when I took this course, but you had these, these uh, designations and you're right. We're very complex. You can't just say, you know, somebody's outgoing, therefore they're irrational or, or take, take huge risks in life necessarily. There's different components of us. And would you say then that your course helps you to kind of more narrowly focus on who you are because the questions that you're asking helps you to kind of put, put you into the right category. Is that it? Well, yeah, you, you fill out the assessment, which took us, you know, over a decade to refine with thousands of students to say, I want to get clarity about who I am. So if, if I'm not clear about who I am, if I'm confused, right? Confusion's from the enemy. So God's never confused <laughs> So from that point of view. So the same thing for us, when I know that I know that I know, then I can be intentional. This goes back to one of my colleagues, Dr. Tasha wrote the book Insights. In Insights, she said, self-awareness is the meta skill for the 21st, 23rd, 24th century, whatever, is that we need to be clear of who we are. If I'm not conscious and awake, so here's, here's her study. 
What percentage of people believe that they know themselves? In other words, how I come across your opinion of me is congruent with how you see me. So she did the study and said, what percentage of people believe that they know themselves and how they come across their behaviors, what they do and what they don't do is seen as they perceive themselves. And 95% of people said that they know themselves. Then she had her students go out and interview people around Ken and Laura Lynn and said, okay, how many people uh, agree with Ken's opinion of himself about how he comes across and how other people are, what they're saying about him in coffee when he's not there? Do you know that 85% of people are delusional? Only 10% of people's <laughs> thoughts of themselves were congruent. So this wow. idea that I know myself. So these tools that we have, so we have the personal style indicator, we have like 12 different assessments. Well, if you look at a house, you look at the foundation, you look at the siding, you look at the water, you look at the electrical, all these different items make a beautiful home. Well, the same thing for us. So what's my personal style? Then we also have values. What's my self-worth? What's my wellness? Yeah, I was an individual who was on antidepressants in the 80s. We found out I was hypoglycemic. It had nothing to do with the depression. It had to do with my diet. So if I'm not well, physically well, then how can I actually bring my personhood? So you were even talking, Laura Lynn, I feel a little differently after traveling. So my vibrant, energized self was just kind of like a miss a bit. Well, that's because the biophysical side. So I have a diploma in nutrition and genetics, and we have a wellness assessment and a wellness course, because that's equally important as all these other components. And then if you get into things like leadership, which there's a lack of all around the world, then there's actually leadership skills. It's not any one of those. And so that's why we've you know aggregated all this content over the last 45 years and that's the history of the company of be able to bring that all together where i think about leadership i think of personality and then of course purpose is another area why drive in and dive in to say okay what why am i here so here's what the sad thing is laura lynn i was in california having um dinner with uh, dick nodell and richard um bowles these are both passed away they were mentors of mine and between the two of them, they had 80 years in career development. And one was a former priest and they had just kind of leaned into it. One of them actually wrote the best-selling book called What Color Is Your Parachute? So I was asking them, it says, listen, Richard, Dick, so most of them, why are most people confused? We have all these programs, all these opportunities. There's never been more information. He says, because people have not been willing to do the work. It takes time. I mean, people want microwave responses. And then the, here's the other reality. There's so much uh, misinformation or confusing information, over, overwhelming information. People don't know where to start. They, they don't, believe, don't know where to even begin. We were talking about kids off air and I said, okay, um, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I have to go on this journey of self-discovery. And the only person who could do that is you. I can't do that for you. So these assessments contribute to a portion of clarity. But then when we think about purpose, I have a whole uh, book that we're gonna give away at the end of the show uh, that you can have that is a narrative says, here's the questions you need to ask yourself about your life has left clues. Have I paid attention to those clues? And am I doing what I want to do? Now, society has all these pressures. You know, Laura Lynn, well, you need to go to college. You need to go take that degree. Well, the research is clear now, I mean, I have a PhD, but uh, academics don't help you to go into a certain job. What's your What's your passion? There's more need in and better pay in the trades than there've ever been. We need those people that are electricians, plumbers, uh, builders, carpenters. Uh, so 
am I paying attention to that? And a lot of times there's pressures from family. I remember an individual, I used to do a lot of work in consulting with the auto industry. And this individual was a general manager. He was 40 years old and he was miserable. I said, Paul, why, why are you doing this? Yeah, well, I'm the firstborn uh, male from Asia. I'm expected to take over the family business. And he hated it. He loved the arts. Well, it wasn't two months later, his dad came in and said, listen, Paul, I sold the business and you're out of a job. So I think part of this, it's not that we're doing being disrespectful to our families. I'm the firstborn male, third generation, Eastern European descent on the dairy farm. Do you think there was some pressure for me to stay? Absolutely. Because when I left, I betrayed the family. I said, we did all of this for you. And I said, I thanks, dad. I appreciate that. But I'm called into a different direction and to have this sort of independent thing. I just encourage people that are listening and watching, you know, don't, don't do something crazy and quit tomorrow. Just have the courage to lean into this. Because when I'm doing my purpose, interests compel and draw. I don't actually have to work to do this interview. I, I'm sorry. This is just, I, I mean, I could do this for 12 hours because I'm designed to do this. For somebody else, it's 12 hours of accounting, which I'd rather actually shoot myself than, and I have a root canal than do that. So I'm like you. So we, we have these differences. Thank goodness he did it that way so that we have this diversity. But if you don't know what it is, then how can you act on it? How can you lean into it? And so he's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you. But I need to do the work. A lot of people say all things work together to the good. That's actually not 100% of the statement to according to his purpose. So if I don't want to know his purpose, if I'm disobedient to what he's called me to do or not actually paid attention to those details, then I'm going to be going down a direction that is not congruent with the life that he has planned for me, which is going to be more amazing than I ever planned myself. So I'm sorry, I'm getting a little worked up there, Laurel. <laughs> I like it. No, it's uh, fantastic. So I, I, I could this tell. This is good I mean, stuff. Is, well, thank you. Thank you. I just, I mean, again, this is just an example of, even at my mm -hmm. age, I'm just more excited about this than ever. And I always joke that Moses was 80 before his first real job. <laughs> so, so ageism or, you know, your background and where you're at, do not use that as an excuse. Stop it. Stop it now because the enemy wants to hinder you from realizing what the potential is and the difference that you're gonna make in this world. And wherever it is, don't judge what he's called you to do. Just lean into it in that every single person listening and watching is valuable. There's no junk. The enemy wants you to think that you're junk. Enemy wants you to think that you're not good enough. I was suicidal when I was 18 and 19 years of age. Why? Because the enemy almost sort of had a sense of, I was gonna have this impact, but let's just make sure that, uh, that we Ken doesn't Ken make out. it that far. Right. Take Ken out. And that was, I was sitting there with a loaded gun. I just, and I was just weeping, but I was really crying out for the purpose. Why am I here? I grew up in a family. I love my parents. They're both in their nineties. They're alive while we're filming this, but they were not in an, an environment where we encourage others, encourage them to realize their potential, encourage them to take those steps. And the other one is, is here's, here's for people who have no idea. Stop beating yourself up. Guilt and guilt energy is not going to get you where you want to go. What's going to happen is your purpose is now to find your purpose. And so it's going to take whatever time it's going to take, but start taking the steps one step at a time. So in the quest for purpose, I take you through a step-by-step -step journey to start uh, creating an autobiography, which I did this work in 89, an autobiography of your life and your life is left clues. What do you like? Who do you like to hang out with? What ge geography do you like to do? Who are the things you like to do? What do you do like to do things with your hands? I don't believe as much in national occupational codes, SRC codes, SIC codes, or 
interest inventories because there's 40,000 job titles in North America already. How do you actually filter through that? So my role or responsibility or exactly what I do in life doesn't exist in those codes. I'm an author of, of helping, author of information and materials and learning and coaching and mentoring that help people to realize their full potential in the personal professional development field. Is there an SIC code for that? Well, no, there isn't. So my encouragement to everybody is you're going to craft, you're going to bring together the elements for your perfect calling, the assignment that you have, but you need to lean into it and say, what are the dynamics? As well as what you're doing, Laura Lynn, because of technology, we now have this remote nature that we can have. We can do it wherever we want in the world. You could be in Nashville and then stream from there. You could be here. The opportunities for, because of technology to do what we're called to do has never been uh, greater for them. So just start leaning into that. And then that's what all the resources that we have available help people to get there. Don't try to do it on your own. I mean, a lot of time I actually hired this coach in 1989 when that was not even big. By hiring a coach or a mentor or getting some help with these, you're not admitting your weakness. You're actually getting out of your um, pride to say, I'm going to try to do this on your own. You know, you don't go and to say, hey, you know what? My, my tooth is bothering me. So I'm just going to try to do my own root canal. No, no, you go to a specialist that's able to do that. You, you're not doing your, your filming, uh, Laura Lynn, you have JT that's doing that. He's the expert on all those pieces because that's what he's gifted in doing. So the same thing for everybody here is that you lean into those things. I just want to encourage you that every single person listening, watching has a purpose. You just need to find it. So what about somebody who's, you know, like some people remember the people that worked in the coal mines, they had to do it because they had to do it. And people find jobs that they just, it pays the bills. Um, is there an element where it's important to find your purpose and it might not be through the actual job you do, but maybe how you spend your extracurricular hours? Well, if you actually, once you person goes through the quest for purpose, and we'll give you that link here in a minute to download the free book, there's 13 different categories. Only one is career. And so we get fulfillment in life out of family, friends, uh, policy. I mean, are you standing up for all the uh, things that happened in the last three or four years, which are just, you know, horrific and what governments are doing to people and try to control people. So uh, I'm going to stand up for that. Is that my value set? So we will get fulfillment of that. For me, I'm sitting in front of a desk and a computer, you know, five, six, seven, eight, hours a day, I need to go outside and do something outside to feel fulfilled, just to be able to do this part. So there's really this mosaic of all these different components. And you're right, I could be volunteering, I could be volunteering at my church or doing uh, other elements that help contribute to my purpose. It's not maybe singular, it is multidimensional in terms of how I succeed in fulfilling that. And when people have a purpose, like figuring out what your real purpose is, I think the lack of purpose, that's when the suicidal thoughts come, right? That's when you just feel empty and that you don't know why you're here. And so this is the quest that you're offering to people. This is something that people can invest in that will, it will, I promise you everyone, it is life altering because it was very life altering for me. And so, yes, t tell us a little bit. So someone's watching right now and they're going, yeah, I am. I really need some help in this area. How, how do they proceed? 
Well, first of all, make a decision that you're going to do something about it. You have to be able to click that and go over to the other side to take a decision and then start take the steps. You know, reach out to us. There's many other people out there that can support you. But if you want to reach out to us, go to crgleader.com. Just go and give us a, a an email or fill out the, the form there and then we'll be able to chat with you about it. But we can you can start taking steps as OK. Um, one of the things, Laura Lynn, is if I don't know what I want, I can also go through the back door. This is sort of Anthony Robbins one. What do I not want? <laughs> don't want double negative. So I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Like I don't so want to be an leaves... accountant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're changing your job description and tomorrow you're quitting the show and you're going to be <laughs> actuary. We know that's not ever going to happen. Right. And that's, that's the other one is that trusting leaning in to prayer is that he he really will give you the answers a lot of times he's not talking to me so well no you're not listening and so he he'll be there for you so listen what are the clues ask people around you and then of course in the book uh, the quest for purpose i start off with i'll call it character traits so most other people don't talk about that so the meaning also comes out of our spiritual grounding so there's a, a mixture of people watching this you know, where do you get your meaning? When I wrote the book, The Quest for Purpose, all the other purpose books were just trying to figure out what career you're supposed to do. I didn't start there. I said, you need, you need to figure out why you're here. And so if there is a spiritual underpinning to our existence, please lean into that. Your belief system, which is different than your purpose, matters. And if you know that you are a child of Christ and that you are valued and that, that he loves you, then if that foundation begins the process. The next one, when I talk about is character traits is, are you operating in integrity? Are you have forgiveness? These are biblical traits that are in there. Who are you associating with? If you're hanging around people who are whining, complaining, and I don't want to use the word losers, but losing in life, then you're not going to get up from that. You need to have affiliations with people that are going to help you with a hand up not really keep you down where you're at. So start changing those affiliations. Say, who could I go to? Who could I hang out with that really will cause this sort of new energy to be around people that are successful? The other one is mindset. So I could have my purpose. I could have my understanding. But if my mindset is pessimistic, then I'm not going to be able to be successful. In Learned Optimism, in his book, Dr. Martin Sigelman, he proved this in a 25-year study that our mindset matters, meaning if I'm pessimistic or optimistic, and that's biblical. I mean, if we actually look at scripture, it says, look ahead, don't look back. So if I'm stuck in the past, then Wally in the past, he said, no, no, that's not where I want you to look. I want you to look towards the future. And then in the quest for purpose, and by the way, just do this at a pace that is palatable for you. Start doing an autobiography of all the positive things that have happened in your life as far back as you can remember. I was a kid and we went to Disneyland or P&E or whatever, and we were just hanging out on the rides and I was having ice cream. Okay, great. And you're hanging out with your friends. Or I was at a school play and, and I, was, I was Santa Claus in grade seven. Okay, and I really enjoyed that. Or I went into shop class in grade 10 and all of a sudden I made this beautiful bench and I didn't even know I liked that. So life has left clues of the components and you and I in this in the book I get you to create an autobiography and then out of that will be the words the phrases the theme the essence of the direction you're supposed to go. And so just one step at a time Laura Lynn I know I'm giving you a lot of information no, I love it. words of it's so four million words of content but my encouragement is that you start here, start wherever you want. You know, if you want to take the personal style indicator or the values assessment, start there. If you want to start with the book and then start doing your journal, start there. It doesn't matter. Just start 
And then all of it will come together at the end of it when, as you're moving towards it. And by the way, has our life not changed and altered a little bit, Laura Lynn, in the last yeah. 10 years? Yeah. And so even how I did things, and of course, this whole world of streaming is now allowed us not to change what we do, but how we do it. So there's this constant evolution of engaging with technology and now artificial intelli uh, intelligence. And by the way, I wrote those 4 million words before AI, AI was possible. <laughs> so, so, so that's all, those are my words. That was really uh, hard then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So as a result of that, so, so for people, you're, there's this progression of, I'm not st stuck just doing, you know, like seminars in person, now stream them, we have an online academy now, the CRG Leadership Academy. People subscribe for a year. They get all the content. And they when they subscribe to that, then we have monthly calls. So we're really a group or a community that's helping one another to grow to the next level. So you can go to the site, CRG Leadership Academy, and then find out more about that. And then we take everything that we've accumulated in 45 years, what you covered in our three-day intensive, 14-hour-a-day sessions, Laura Lynn, and we take you through a year of step-by-step -step developing. Imagine you want to be a marathon runner and you decide to be a marathon runner. You're not going to run the marathon tomorrow. You're going to start training. You might start running a marathon or a half marathon in six months or eight months or 10 or 12. Allow yourself this progressive place. I'm going to get clear about this and then this and then this one step at a time and all of that will come together don't freak out about it just if your purpose you don't know what your purpose is then your purpose is to find your purpose and then just go in the journey that works for you so if somebody wants to take that personality test and go through that process they would still go to kenkeys.com they could go to kenkeys.com but they would find out about the book and that is on crgleader.com so the kenkeys.com slash LLTT is the free download of the quest book. We're giving everybody listening to this a complimentary version of the ebook of this. If they want to find out more, they can go to uh, uh, to crgleader.com. And in my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me is on Amazon. So somebody can go there and order it. And the assessment, there's a code in the back of the book, uh, Why Aren't You More Like Me? So we include, include a free assessment with the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me, if they want to order that as well on Amazon or through us at CRG Leader. And then now what's interesting, even myself as we grow, it was just not that long ago, three, four years ago, I said, Ken, am I worthy of mentoring and coaching the senior leaders of organizations? And I actually had to progress and say, yes, I am. Because I grew up with low self-worth, as, as I mentioned, in suicidal. So now, just even for myself to progress and say, yes, I am able to and doing coaching, you know, senior leaders in, in uh, Christian circles or uh, businesses and helping them to go to the next level. Because who are they talking to? Who are the leaders talking about? And it's just really been a privilege and an honor uh, after doing this for 35 years to just be on a call, just even with a... a a client the other day and just see i said well listen are you really doing what you're supposed to be doing he had a very successful business was paying him a lot of money he said but i hate what i'm doing i said so why why are you staying there he said because this is all i know and a lot of people are stuck and so coaches or mentors like myself can help people to kind of get unstuck uh, not that we're great it's just that we're there as this voice that really to help move you to become alongside and we've all had that in life i have a coach I've, in fact, I just had a coaching session before I came on this on this show with you. To we want to keep improving ourselves. We don't want uh, 
uh, if we think about sports teams, why do they have coaches? To get the best of their uh, elite athletes. Same thing for us. Wow. So my final question, I guess, for you, first of all, I just want to remind everyone. So crgleader.com, and that's been under your name while we've been talking. So hopefully people can do this. Um, and, and then for the free book, you go to, um, to kenkeys.com. And then we have a little thing. And that's very nice of you to offer that. I just want slash LLTT. Nice, nice. And, and this is what a, what a great gift to begin there, everyone. That's so nice of you. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. My, my final question then, um, I think to you is for, for those, do you, do you think that, that this is definitely worth the effort? Because a lot of people, because of what's happened in the last few years, we're under a lot of fear, Ken. Um, so we're, we're getting stressed out by world events and all of that. And I guess, you know, do you think that all of this, helping to find your purpose and as you've done with people that feel that they're in completely the wrong, you know, place, um, will this help to just make you feel better? Will it help to, to change your perception um, of what life is really all about? Will it, do you think it can really help with sort of a depression or feeling down about what life has brought you? A hundred percent. Absolutely no question about it. Now, it's going to be different for different people. What does it mean to your viewers as we wrap this segment up? If I'm doing something I'm not called to do and I'm miserable every day at work, how is that going to uh, manifest itself in life? I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to have cortisol. I'm going to be depressed. I'm not going to be enjoying myself. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have challenges, that Laura Lynn doesn't have challenges or I don't have challenges in our business. It just means that I'm doing what I'm called to do. I, I'm, I'm a, uh, energized by doing this. And so if I'm in a place of misery and I'm not being fulfilling my purpose, then it, my engagement is not sustainable. So when, if I'm in a role of responsibility that's not managing my personal style or personality, I can, no matter how much I try or my guilt, my biophysical energy cannot sustain engagement in the roles or responsibilities that are not a match. And so we have that for employers where you're trying to match the person. The next one, when we think about purpose, if I'm doing the things that I'm not called to do, I am just surviving. And so uh, there were some studies done about values clarification. And values clarification lowers cortisol and stress levels. Why is that? Because you are not consternated. You are clear about who you are. You're in your space that I know that I know that I know who I am, what I stand for. My ability to uh, give and take negative feedback improves what I know my values. For students, their grades improve when they know their values. So all of these, uh, the success of teams, when people know what you stand for. You've ever worked for people that they have sort of the plan of the day or the plan of the week and it's this blowing wind and you just never know where you're at. This is the journey of clarity. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't update or fine tune or revise. This is that when you know that you know that you know, confidence comes. Now, without breaking confidence, this was part of this coaching call this week. He says, Ken, I'm just feeling down. I'm just not feeling confident. And I said, is it possible you're feeling that way because you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing? And all of a sudden, the light bulb just sort of came on that he was feeling down. He was feeling lethargic. He was not feeling engaged or energized or if you want to call it depressed, whatever, just down energy-wise because he was forcing himself to be in this 
space and doing this because this business was so good to him financially, he was feeling trapped. And uh, I said, well, listen, don't do anything, but you can now free yourself up. I said, listen, if I wasn't doing this, what would I be doing? With who? With what? How could that look? How could you adjust your current business so it would be more fulfilling for uh, your business? This is an individual that uh, was being forced to go into sort of the what they call the B2C, uh, business to consumer. But he loved B2B, business to business, and business owners and large businesses. How could you switch it that way? All of a sudden, he was just his whole demeanor and energy switched. So absolutely, Laura Lynn. And in my my last sort of words to people is don't do nothing. Because if you don't do anything, he said, well, what if it takes me two years to do this? I said, well, where will, you, where, where will you be in two years if you do nothing? You'll be in the same spot. So the old saying of, you know, the definition of insanity, right? Same things over and over, expecting different results. If you want different results, lean into this information, this, these tools, these resources, or whatever works for you to be able to take you through that step. Don't beat yourself over the, this pace. Just do it. And you will realize these uh, benefits of this. And you want, we need more people that are on purpose. Mm -hmm. 80 percent of the population don't like what they do. No wonder we're all miserable. And we just have this sort of horrid, toxic uh, culture because everybody's miserable. So don't be one of them. That's the one. Be the Laura Lynn's of the world that brings this energy to your show and what you're doing. And I, I love you. I love JT. Love you too, sir. And, uh, and everybody that's watching. And just, hey, if you're thinking about reaching out to us, reach out. Uh, mm -hmm. I, we have an old saying, Mary, I said this at the end of our program, you do not have permission to say no on my behalf. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk to Ken and reach out, then please do it and we'll do our best to respond. It's so awesome. You know, before you go, I'm, I was having a flashback just now of how, because uh, we all met together, we didn't do this virtually. So we actually formed relationships, which was which was actually a really beautiful part. And I hope that there's a way to keep that going in this world that is ever sort of, you know, going, you know, into a more virtual world. But I'll never forget how you kind of made us get into a group of people that are not like ourselves, if I'm remembering correctly, and then into a group of people that are more like us, like into our different after we'd done the personality thing and all of that. And it was just so shocking. And it actually made us laugh out loud that we're just suddenly with somebody that's just like us. And then we would be with people that are not like us. And it was just it was so clarifying about the differences, but there is a pattern that God created of who you are. It's not just a meaningless, um, you know, abyss of you'll never understand. It, it really is. It really brings clarity to how you were made so specifically and intricately. And I just vouch for what an amazing amazing program that you're offering people and it's good for kids out there right like some people maybe they want to get their their you know teenagers or 20s or in their 30s still struggling you know this is a great thing oh absolutely it's used in uh high schools and universities around the world i just got an order from a school system in melbourne australia with 66 schools uses yeah. this for all their leadership just to I love help it. them to understand yeah you're you're right uh, laura lynn is that nothing is random and thank goodness that this order is there and this order can be measured. And if we, you know, we have a like a 85% agreement with the reports and 85% of people agree with the in-depth interpretations that give you really in-depth feedback. You couldn't do that if it wasn't predictable and you mm -hmm. couldn't do that if there was an order. And it, don't be afraid of the order. Yes, we still have our uniqueness. We have all these other factors, maturity, education, uh, belief systems that still underlay this. So you're not being trapped at all. You're being freed. 
and it's uh, it's amazing. And the other one is if I'm a parent, I have different ch children. Uh, sometimes we're we're ticking off our children because we're trying to have them to be like us. And like you said, you're laughing. You found out oh, there's other people who like to kind of talk and chatter and <laughs> and have fun in the in the room. They're all and, doing and podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are. I guess they are. I love it. Dr. Ken Keyes, you're amazing. Thank you for coming on. Let's do this again in the, the near future and uh, keep promoting your great work. I stand behind it 100%. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate what you're doing. Uh, stay strong, stay courageous. And uh, thanks for letting me be on the show. You awesome as well. Dessert. God bless. Thank you. Oh, man. I uh, That just brings me back. It was about 10 years ago, actually. Um, it was 10 years ago, literally in March. Ken, that's how close this was, right? It was uh, March 10 years ago that I was in this course and just really profound to see that you matter. Who you are, it's not random, like Ken just said. There's nothing random about life. And I sure experienced that. With every flight delay, with every, you know, missed flight, all I kept seeing this last week was God's incredible design. I, I, I remember at one point I was running to the Phoenix uh, airport, was it? Phoenix or no, no, no. This was the, the Denver. No, no, this was maybe Phoenix. I, I'm so confused where I've been. JT said you basically did a U.S. world tour. Oh, wow. <laughs> Trying to get home from Nashville. Well, we went to Colorado Springs, too. And I went to Lou Engel's conference that was there. Um, absolutely amazing. There's a. It was such a powerful, incredible conference. Uh, the, the God just moved powerfully. And if you know anything about the states, they're in real trouble. So they were crying out to God for their nation in a way I haven't seen before. But back to my story, I was running in an airport, and I didn't know which way to go. So I don't, like, as I'm exiting the plane, my, my phone is telling me that the next flight is boarding on my texting. And I'm hoping that I'll get off the plane and there will be the, the uh, you know, the next gate that I have to go through. No, no, no. I, there was these two young African-American guys, which I love because I'm African. I was born in Uganda. And uh, I said to them, oh, no, like, where do I have to go? Where's this gate? And they're like, well, you've got to actually exit this terminal, go out, take a train, then go to the next terminal that you're going to, and you have to re-go through security, all while your plane is boarding. Okay, so this is not going to happen. You know what I mean? I, I was just so, I was so stressed over all of it. And these young guys, like they just helped me. They said, you go this way, that way, this way. I couldn't, I said, where's the signs for what you're telling me? And they actually stopped because they worked in the terminal unless they were angels. You know how that word says that, that you could be, uh, have angels be, be careful to be kind to strangers because they could be angels unaware, right? You're unaware of who they are. They are. And these guys, they just knew where to go. So they walked me everywhere. And they, and I said, how would I know to go here? And they kind of looked around and they said, yeah, well, I know we don't really see the signs. And I'm like, well, a person coming here has no flipping clue, you know, where to go if you don't have signs. But they just said, well, we know the way. And they took me and they took me down corridors and, you know, down escalators and finally to a train and dropped me off and said, you go that way. We're going this way. And again, I felt like saying, are you angels? Because they just were so amazing. And then 
um, you know, two nights ago, this fella, I knew I had to make a connection. So this was the second night that the connection never worked. <laughs> Just don't even know how to explain what happened. So the, the second night, uh, this fellow from the plane, he said, I'm going to help you. So as I'm going up the rampway because, you know, my heavy bags and all that. Um, he said, I'm going to help you. He took the bags and we ran. We knew exactly where to go. And in fact, we hit the train exactly right. And we got to our gate. They had closed it three minutes before. And there were four of us now just arriving. And it's done. We can see the, the plane there. We can see it. We can't get on. Door shut. It's going to be like the end of days, you know, like Noah's Ark. When they shut the door, done. Now it's time for judgment. And that's what it felt like. We missed the, we missed the plane. And, uh, but this guy just ran and I don't know how I would have gotten there. I mean, I, I just, it was so far that we had to run and it was so wonderful. I had, felt like I had angels all the way along. And you know, with that, we just want to offer you, um, when, when it, when you talk about purpose and why you are and who you are, I, I put a lot of my personal journey into my book. It's called Relentless Redemption. It is on Amazon, but I will tell you for everyone who signs up for $20 or more per month, if you're a new signee, right? So you go to lauralyn.tv uh, Laura and if you can put that up there, JT, if you've got that handy, lauralyn.tv and if you sign up to be a monthly donor for 20 bucks or more, um, I'm going to send this out to you, all right? I'm personally, personally going to put it into an envelope and write you a little note saying thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting us in what we do. And I will send you my Relentless Redemption book, okay? And people tell me that if they start reading at night, they can't put it down and they read for hours. It's a very, very intense read. It's written, it's written like a novel from the gut, from the soul of your being. That's how I wrote this book because it's my personal story of extreme failure and God's extreme relentless redemption at a place, much like Ken was talking about, not even wanting to live anymore because it just felt so bad. But that was only a part of the story. That was when I was just dealing with some consequences for decisions and when I was also experiencing at times hurt from others. And what God did was absolutely set me free from all of that. Okay, so I want to go to the share that I have here, JT. Um, we're going to cover just one thing before we let you go. But fired scientists at Winnipeg Lab. Do you all remember this, right? Remember we heard that they were walked out? They work closely and covertly with Chinese government. CSIS report says, CSIS report. On Wednesday, the government released hundreds of pages related to the firing of Jingguo Kui, Kui uh, and her husband Keting Cheng. So the Canadian Security Intelligence Services determined that one of the two scientists fired from Canada's most secure microbiology lab worked closely and covertly with Chinese government labs and collaborated with institutions whose goals have potentially lethal military applications what the heck is going on? On Wednesday, the government released hundreds of pages related to the firing of Xi Zhango Ku. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, person. The hundreds of pages documents include 
Um, CSIS assessments created after the pair were marched out of the labs. The spy agency recommended the Public Health Agency of Canada revoke the security clearances of both scientists. Oh, do you think? For, for Q, in particular, they found there were strong ties between her and the Chinese government. Lord, help us. The service assessed the service at assessed that Ms. Ku developed deep cooperative relationships with a variety of People's Republic of China institutions and has intentionally transferred scientific knowledge and materials to China in order to benefit the PRC government, reads a letter from 2021. I mean, what do you all make, you know, what are we to think about 26,000 young military age men crossing the southern border? All of this infiltration, police, Chinese police stations in Canada threatening police, uh, threatening Chinese citizens. What's going on? How, how is this allowed? You know, what is happening? So we have something, um, CPC leader Pierre Polyev comments on the new lab leak document release. Take a look. This is his government's lab. It's not a random university lab. It's the top lab for the Prime Minister's public health agency. And he is exclusively responsible for the machinery of government as Prime Minister of the country. So this is on Justin Trudeau. I will add one last thing. Not only did he cover it up, not only did he try to get a vaccine from China after knowing this, he called a snap election to make sure that the voting would happen before this came out. And what happened in that election? Beijing interfered to help him win it. This is a man who says he admires China's basic communist dictatorship. We cannot trust Justin Trudeau to keep our people and its country safe. Well, that's for sure. We really can't. Um, I don't know who we can trust because there's just so much nonsense in our nation. And a lot of people have just lost trust of the establishment as if the, this House of Commons, this parliamentary nonsense, it just needs to be uprooted from the dark, evil, deceptive roots that have sprung from bad behaviors. Let's have a look at CPC MP Michael Chong on the lab leak revelations. It was three years ago that we asked for these documents. In fact, as Mr. Pauliev has said, the House of Commons and its two committees issued four orders for the production of these documents three years ago. It was four years ago that these scientists were marched out of the lab in Winnipeg. And during these last four years, the government covered it up. It initially, as you will recall, tried to punt this to the NCCOP committee. And then uh, it took the speaker to court. And then it actually created this ad hoc committee of four MPs and three judges that took another year and a half to review these documents. So this has been a massive cover-up on part of this government, and it's particularly appalling in light of the fact that this is a government that came to office promising greater transparency. We have seen anything but. In fact, it has been said by information commissioners that we've seen a reversal in transparency on part of this government, probably one of the worst reversals in modern government, Canadian government history. We have also have a government here that promised to respect Parliament. And here we are, three years after we asked for these documents, and finally starting to get some of the truth behind what happened. And so this is a damning indictment on this Prime Minister, his management of the Government of Canada, and his lack of respect for our democracy.
we really do need a change. And we ask that Justin Trudeau call an election, resign, and your tenure here has been fraught with one wicked scheme, one wicked scandal after another. And during the course uh, of his time here, I remember a, a little while ago thinking, you know, I just felt that he that he was depressed, like so unhappy, and yet he just kept doing terrible things. I don't know what's up. Yeah, you, you know, there's so much we'll never know. Um, how are, are people bribed? Just asking. Are they blackmailed? I'm just asking because how do you lead so terribly? your nation, the beautiful nation of Canada, right down to what's happening right now with this new uh, social harms. How do they, what do they call it? The social online, online harms bill that they're trying to pass through uh, in, in which basically anything you've ever posted has to be taken down if they view it to be, you know, in, inciting violence or hatred. And who gets to choose that? You all know that we've been in a real fight for the protection of young kids not to be uh, propagandized into being confused about their gender. You all know that we've been in a fight against made assisted suicide that our nation loves so much. You all know that we call out stupid uh, climate agendas and all the nonsense, the build back better buddies. Thank God they're not saying that anymore. But do you remember when we would cover that every leader in the world is saying build back better at the same time? Like, it's like they all went to the same movie, you know? And the, these are the people that Klaus Schwab brags about being his, you know, leaders, that they've infiltrated the cabinets, you know? They've infiltrated our nation and we're in serious trouble because they keep spending money. They keep spending money on the generations of our, our, our next generations to have to bear that debt. And we pray for somebody to come in and set it right. We really do. Well, my website is laurelin.tv. If you love what we talk about and how we talk about it, would you consider uh, supporting us? There's a donate button right there. Would you consider um, just helping to make it happen? And as I said, if you'd become a new monthly partner, I'm going to send you this book personally. I'm, I'm going to send you a personal note as well. All right. And uh, we're going to ship it out. And this is the first time that we've ever done this. I mean, you can get it for free here or you can buy it on Amazon if you want. Might as well get it for free. And you can help to support uh, the cause here. And the reason we do this is JT and I had a calling. We were both in media. God created us like Ken Keyes was talking about, you know, who you are, what your destiny is. And JT, he's the boring one of the two of us. And so he was called to behind this. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not boring. <laughs> he's really fun, but he's quieter. He is so funny, though. Like my husband has the best sense of humor. Once in a while, I just lose it because he knows how to call a spade a spade, and and he can definitely call me on my, you know, uh, strangeness, right? And he has a way of just like saying a certain certain things, and then I just start laughing because I know he's right, right? And he's just pulling it out. Anyway, sorry, hun. Um, you're not boring. It's more of a, of a dull thing. No, no, I'm just kidding. He is, he's a very exciting man, but he's quiet. He's behind the scenes. He likes, like, you should see his little 
like a naval base over here of all the buttons they're colored and I don't know what any of them do and he just operates you know from this place and I I'm just you know I'm like Nemo um I'm like Dory from Finding Nemo right and I never quite know which way's up and I'm a little bit you know scattered and sometimes I you know I I wish I wasn't so much like that because I don't know I can just be in all directions and I have to ask the Lord to help me to be you know to be focused so we do this with the two of our skills, him behind the scenes. He did that for 32 years at his job, behind the scenes in television. I was in front of the scenes and God called me supernaturally in 1999 from a place where I was really struggling. And you're going to see that in this book. Um, it's an amazing story. It's got like the miracles of how God got me through real sadness, real depression and into the, the point of finding forgiveness and his, his power in my life. So um, I hope you enjoy the book and I hope that you'll become a monthly partner at 20 bucks or more. Like if you can do more than 20, it's awesome. But 20 is awesome and, and it will help to get us through. And I feel, I was saying before the show, you know, that I kind of feel like after being on the plane and everything, you know, all that pressurizing, like my, I feel funny today right? So that's what I was telling Ken before the show. So hopefully you haven't noticed until now, um, you know, how I'm feeling, but love you all. If, uh, if you're able to help us, that's fantastic. There's several ways to donate and you can even do it anonymously. Just push the donate button. You can do it anonymously. And we thank you if you're an anonymous donor, we have a few of those and it means a lot. And I don't know how to, you know, I don't know your names. So bless you. Um, if you are able to give a one-time gift, you can do that or monthly. That would be awesome. Another way is through email, laurelynlive at protonmail.com. Thank you very much. You can write me there. You can send, uh, you can also send comments to laurelynlive at protonmail.com and let us know what you think of the show or <clears throat> some any questions that you have. And another way is box 48184, uh, Queensboro, New Westminster, V3MOA7, box 48184. New Westminster. All right. And uh, please remember that in one week tomorrow, Dr. William Mackis will be here to talk about the exposure of our medical systems. He is bringing down the house, everyone. This is not a joke. He is exposing government corruption and the loss of all medical accountability. He's exposing pedophiles. He's exposing <clears throat> some of the evil that has been going on in our provinces. And those who cover it up rather than bringing an end to it, those who cover up doctors who've been charged with pedophilia and have, have charges against child pornography and stuff like this, you know, and, and the cover up that goes on rather than saying, listen, pal, you're done. You need to be in jail or somewhere else. That's the kind of people that ought to be in jail the rest of their lives. People who hurt children, sickos, psychopaths, and leches. Those are the types that need to be. They're, they're complete perverts. That who needs, that's who needs to be in jail. Not people who just speak the truth and, and have opinions in life. This is not China. This is not North Korea or Syria, Mr. Trudeau. You need to resign and be done. All right, just got off on a total tangent there. But um, so join us with Dr. William Mackis. You don't have to pay. Uh, it's nice if you would please let us know you're coming. That would be great. But 
Uh, so we've got lots of people letting us know. Fantastic. It's just that it's limited seating and this is going to be quite the event. All right. And uh, we'll also be sharing um, uh, Alicio Ibera's story and he's been very ill. So a little bit of help for a, a Canadian family. You know, that's going to happen too. But so, all right, I want to leave you today with something. So we were talking about how God ordains your life. We were talking about how the way he created you was so specific. It says, in fact, that even before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, that your soul was known to God. Who you are, your characteristics, your kindness, uh, you know, and even whether, you know, I, I've had three children and all three of them are totally, you know, different personalities, right? It's funny, you come from like, you know, the same mother, but you're, you're just all born different, right? Even twins, different personalities. Um, so God designs and forms your, everything about you, everything about um, how you're made, your sense of humor or lack thereof. That's always interesting, which is of course the accountants. Um, just kidding, love you accountants. Um, but it's funny how, you know, there's certain people that they're just a little bit more dogmatic and you gotta do things by the rules. I saw that this week as I was going through all of the, um, the airports. Um, some, you know, some of the people at the ticket counter are nice and some are just plain grumpy and ugh, disturbing. But um, all of these personalities, some follow their rules to the exact, you know, letter of the law. And some people are like, kind of like, well, it's a gray area. And I think that we could go this way and this way and make it through, you know, we're not talking about sin here. We're just talking about personalities that can kind of think outside the box, you know. So I was reading here about David's victories in 2 Samuel 8. It says, in the course of time, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. And he took Methigama from the control of the Philistines. David, was, uh, David also defeated the Moabites. See, David was just a young man when God called him. And King David, it says in verse 11, dedicated these articles to the Lord as he had done with the silver and gold from all the nations he had subdued. See, silver and gold is all through the Bible. Silver and gold is the way that, that's any investment you have that should be there, all right? But towards the end of this, I, I wanted to read 2 Samuel's eight, 2 Samuel 8 and point it out to you because David did so much good before God and God blessed him. But what do we know about David? We know that David committed adultery with Bathsheba, that he hurt God, hurt God's heart, he hurt his reputation. God had to deal with him, discipline him. And yet at the end of David's life, God said, this is a man after my own heart. Why? Is he an adulterer? Is a man after God's heart? No, but a man who asks for forgiveness, who's humble before God, God can use that. God can't do much with arrogance and self-righteousness, but he can do a lot with a humble heart. So it says in 2 Samuel 8, 15, David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. Isn't that awesome? A leader who does godly things and does what is right for the people. I pray that for Canada. I pray that God will remove every evil, deceptive leader, that it shall come like a 
snap of God's fingers, by one flick of God's baby finger that he removes those who have done evil to Canada and that God will put in place those who are righteous and will do what is right for the people of our nation as David did. May we have righteous leaders. Amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.